Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
to help preserve our nation's freedoms and liberties. Nobody gets a free ride. All right? Nobody gets a free ride. No matter what you've done, it's, it's not enough. It's never enough. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that what you've personally done is not enough. I'm just saying that the preservation of our freedom and liberty uh, takes precedence over everything else. And it is not going to do it by itself. And you certainly can't let someone else take care of it. It's a non-delegatable responsibility. It falls squarely on each and every one of our individual heads. Uh, you can't say, I'm going to let my, my dad, he, he's really, uh, he's, he's always interested in this. He's always talking about politics and everything else. I'm going to let him take care of it because, you know, he's good at that. Uh, you can't do that. You can't let uh, anybody else shoulder the responsibility for you. You have to do it yourself. You have to get involved in some form or fashion. I don't mean that you have to... Uh, become a lobbyist or a senator or a governor. Certainly, you can if you if, if that's your aspiration. Then I, then then please have at it full speed. But that's not what's necessary. What's necessary is for you to understand that you have this responsibility and be constantly looking for ways uh, to fulfill your duty to the nation. And I don't mean your duty to the party. Uh, I'm talking about your duty to the nation, your duty to the Constitution. Uh, Those are the documents that make this what it is up above uh, a a landform floating on the ocean. Uh, You need to find your way that you can plug yourself in to help support, uh, help defend the freedoms and liberties that we enjoy by virtue of living in this nation. And there are thousands of ways to do this. Uh, I, I'm not going to go through. Uh, I, I'm not going to go through them tonight. Uh, I'm sure that uh, a lot of times you guys get uh, get probably get raggedy from listening to me tell you this. Well, the reason I go over it again and again is because it's so important. Uh, without without every one of us standing on the wall, the wall is going to come crashing down. And, you know, it may do so regardless. It may do so anyway, even with all of us up there. But at least uh, you will have at least some satisfaction of knowing that you did everything you could to prevent the the tidal wave of chaos if if you were fulfilling your responsibility. <clears throat> I remember a long time ago whenever I first joined the the Appleseed Project and uh, one of the guys I met there, his name was Ron and uh and we had several long discussions and uh, time, there was a lot going on at the time in the nation, and, and there was a lot of uh, uh, there was a lot of worries, and and a lot of folks were were saying, why are you guys working so hard to try and 
and prop up what appears to be, uh, you know, a failing uh, system. And uh, Ron's answer to it was that uh, he said, look, he said, if, if, uh, if at some horrible point in the future, if you're forced to take up arms uh, to defend your freedoms, then you should you should only do so after knowing that you've done every single thing in your power to do it, to correct this in a nonviolent way. And I completely agree with that. Uh, <clears throat> you can go across the Internet any minute of any hour of any day, and you will certainly see the uh, the the bylines, the tags on on people saying uh, uh, the the slogans of "You can pry it from my cold dead hands" and uh, and the sentiment of uh, the the idea that they're willing to fight uh, in a violent way in a real. Uh, uh, in a weird, real blood and guts type situation to defend their freedoms. And my point is this, is that this is, our nation was founded with the principles and the documents that we would never have to do that again after we did it in 1775, that we would never have to do that again. That's why we, that's why so much care was, was gone, so much work was gone into in crafting these documents so that we wouldn't have to do that again. You shouldn't wait to say once the uh, once the war of bullets begins, then I'm going to throw myself into it full on. I'm really going to get cracking then. <clears throat> because the time to do something about it is before the full-on war comes. That's when you want to fix it. And that's what we want to do. Uh, God forbid that we should ever be put in a situation again where violence is the only recourse that we have. I know a lot of people think that that's where we're at now, but we're not. Uh, and we should be working as hard as we can to ensure that we don't slide down into that type of position. All right. Tonight we're going to be talking about uh, beginning your preps. Now, this is another thing that I'm sure you guys probably get tired of hearing me harp on. But I'm not going to stop, all right? So you might as well just sit back and, and listen because I'm never going to stop on this. It's This is also part of your duty to yourself, your loved ones, and your nation, just as much as working on protecting the the freedoms uh, that you enjoy is the responsibility that you have to making sure that you are prepared to care for yourself and for your loved ones because that's also uh, a big chunk of taking care of your nation. <clears throat> If you're able to take care of yourself and your loved ones 
then then you have become a a positive force in the nation. You're not uh, a negative force. By negative force, uh, including uh, not just the the folks who are uh, running around and looting and burning. Uh, I'm also including the folks that are standing on top of their house with the big save me signs around their necks because that's a negative part uh, of the nation. That's a negative uh, impact. Somebody's going to have to go and find uh, and take care of them. Somebody's going to have to rescue them and care for them. Uh, You don't want to be in that position, not for yourself, not for your family and your loved ones, all right? Uh, And I don't think, I probably don't have to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway that you want to stay uh, stay away from as much as possible and have no contact with as much as possible uh, the the forces uh, for for the government, for law enforcement, and everything else uh, in any type of a disaster situation, all right? The farther away you stay from any type of uh, government forces, the better off you are. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is by making sure that you're not going to have to go to them begging for their assistance, all right? So how are we going to do that? Uh, because uh, there's nobody. Uh, well, there may be some folks that, uh, if you subscribe to the, uh, uh, I don't know what you would call it, the New World Order theories, and I'm not, I'm not blasting anybody that does. Uh, I'm just saying I don't know enough uh, about uh, any of that, and I really don't think anybody else does either. Uh, but maybe some, maybe somebody somewhere, one of those guys knows uh, that at some point they're gonna they're gonna pull the plug on something and cause the uh, the whole world's economy to come crashing down on a certain date. <clears throat> Other than that, nobody can tell you uh, when it's gonna happen. It's just gonna be like the return of the Christ. Nobody's gonna be able to tell you when that's happening. But you better be ready for it if it happens, right? So how are you going to do this? Because as, and I'm not going to say as Americans, because this is not a you know, just an American thing. It's a, a whole world thing. It's a whole human race thing. We, as a species, uh, we we very seldom ever <coughs> make any uh, large moves or do anything uh, to try and uh, and change anything we're doing if it is chugging along okay. Uh, we just, uh, we, as a species, I think we mostly assume that if everything is okay now, everything's going to be okay tomorrow and the day after and the day after. And if something needs to be changed, 
well, we'll talk about the fact that something needs to be changed, but we won't do anything about it uh, until it comes crashing down on top of us and we're forced to do it. That's just the way that that most humans are. Uh, And you'll have to try and fight that because in the event that that something does happen, and I can guarantee you one thing for sure. I can't tell you when something's going to happen by by any means, but I can tell you this. Uh, there is a very, very uh, huge possibility that during your lifetime, you are going to experience some type of man-made or natural disaster, some type of cessation of services event, and it may be uh, an hour, uh, it may be uh, a day, uh, a week, or it may end up being forever. But at some point, you're going to experience something. <clears throat> so, so you can't wait until you think that that the odds are that something is getting ready to happen because the majority of these events uh, come out of nowhere. Now, you can usually usually see when a hurricane uh, will pop up and they'll say, look, guys, uh, we think a hurricane is going to hit you uh, in the next three or four days, right? And it may or it may not, but even... Even if you have three or four days, uh, I can tell you from experience that that's not enough time to really prepare uh, for something that uh, that might pass right by you without touching you or may destroy your whole city, such as uh, recently happened up north and uh, and happened in Louisiana. <clears throat> If you wait, uh, even if you're just, uh, even if you think you have three or four days and you can do something uh, with the oncoming hurricane, <clears throat> like I said, I can tell you from experiences that uh, that the minute that they uh, they announce the hurricane, uh, people start flooding into the stores. They get all the food, all the batteries, all the flashlights, all the generators, uh, all the gas cans, uh, everything. Uh, like a big herd of locusts, they sweep through there and they clean it out. And then once it's been all uh, either back on the market or it uh, rots in their garage or they throw it away, you don't want to be a part of that. And the only way not to be a part of that is to realize that that becoming self-reliant and maintaining, building and maintaining your preps is not something that you do on uh, when the sirens are coming, when you hear the sirens, uh, the uh, civil defense sirens, it's something that you do as part of a lifestyle. And the time to begin is now. 
today, uh, tonight, uh, tomorrow on your way home from work. That's when you get started. And you don't have to, uh, I've told you guys this before too, because I, I, when I talk to people about this occasionally, a lot of times the answer that I'll get back is, man, you know, I really want to do that. I really want to get that year's worth of food for my family and stuff, but uh, I just don't have the money right now. You know, it's going to be for the whole family. There's a four of us. It's going to be about, uh, you know, about six grand for me to get, uh, you know, everything I need. So I'm just going to have to wait till I can get some money uh, put away for that. And everybody knows that that getting this stuff someday uh, is never going to happen, right? Uh, it's just not going to happen. And and that is that is your that's certainly a, a a good goal to go to is a a year's worth of food. But but why would you uh, why would you wait until you can do that? We well, can start tomorrow. You can go get you a day's worth of food tomorrow, tonight, and uh, put it up and start figuring this thing out and start working on it uh, bit by bit. That's what I want folks to understand is this isn't this isn't something uh that has to be done all in one chunk. Recently I had someone contact me and ask me about uh, uh if I had any type of a list of preps and stuff like that. And I said, Yeah, certainly I'll I'll be glad to give you you know a copy of one of the lists that I keep. You know, I try and find out where they uh, where they were living, what they were doing, so that I could figure out kind of what they would need. Now, your own individual preps are going to be just that, your own individual preps. They're going to be determined by your needs. If you're one person, you don't need uh, food for a family of four. Uh, and if if you're a family of four, food for one person isn't going to be that great of a solution. So it's going to be determined by your needs, where you live, uh, what you do, uh, the probability of something happening to you, uh, etc., stuff like that. Anyway, I gave him the list, and uh, the note I got back said, "Man, I'm, I was just, I'm just floored. Uh, there's no way I'll be able to, I'll, I'll be able to get all this stuff. You know, there's no way I'll be able to get it all. It's, it's, uh, it's going to, it's a, like eight or nine thousand dollars worth of stuff, and and I just, I can't afford it. And I wrote back, go, hey, I." I didn't tell you that this is the only way you're going to survive is by buying everything on this list. You had just asked me for a list of stuff that uh, that I need to be looking at for a self-reliant situation. This is the list. And it's, you're certainly not required to get everything on there. You're required to get the things on there that you can afford now and that are most that you'll most immediately need uh, and you'll just need to go buy it as you prepare your own individual list of things. You'll need to go down the list and <clears throat> and start acquiring stuff as you can. So if you're going to get started today, you need to take a look at, at your own uh, individual situation and determine what are the things that you need uh, that you that you absolutely must have uh, to make sure that you have uh, water, food, shelter, security, and energy. 
what are the what are the things that you need right this minute in order to cover those bases? <clears throat> Maybe you already have a house. Okay, great. Uh, there's something off the list right there. You've got some shelter. Uh, because no matter where it is, it's shelter, right? Uh, no matter whether you think you'd want to stay there for any length of period or, or not, it, it is what it is, and that is it's shelter. Uh, so you need to start looking at the things that you would need. And the way the way that I would tell you guys that you should be looking at it is pretty much in that order, but you look at it not as uh, how am I going to survive for the rest of eternity, what do I need to get so that I can survive, uh, you know, for the next 10 years without any assistance. You, you start off very, very simple. You just say, what, am I, what do I need so that tomorrow I'll be okay? What do I need? And we know that uh, the first thing you're going to need is uh, the, the, the thing that you, you absolutely must have uh, as long as the weather and everything else is fine is going to be water, right? You can go up for 30 days or so with, uh, without food. People have gone longer and they've perished from shorter. But about 30 days, uh, you could uh, theoretically survive without food, but you're never going to make it uh, anywhere near that long without water. You're going to have to have water. And the water needs to be good, clean uh, water. So what what can you do to make sure that you have uh, a day or two of water? <clears throat> uh, you can go and you can buy bottled water and you can uh, in your home and uh, and it's not hard to do you can go and get you a couple of cases of uh, of bottled water it's it's inexpensive now I when I say expensive it's really not inexpensive if you look at it it's uh, uh, bottled water is more expensive uh, a lot of times than than uh, than gasoline or milk uh, but if you buy it in bulk, you can uh, you can get around some of that. You can get enough water for your for you and your family uh, to survive uh, for a, a day or two. All right, that's your that can be your start off goal. And you want your approximately one gallon per person per day, and that's determined by. Uh, by a person not doing physical activity in the shade uh, in relatively uh, light uh, weather conditions, like uh, say you know 80 degrees in the shade, not doing work, you need about a gallon per person per day. Okay, so that's going to be your your starting point. Even if you don't want to go and buy water, uh, and we've discussed uh, water several times on the show. I'm not going to go into it in depth, but I'm, I will tell you that if you don't want to buy water, uh, then it's not that hard at all to uh, to save some jugs and get water from your tap. And right now, you know that the water from your tap, uh, in most cases, is good, clean, safe water get some type of a uh, 
of receptacle to hold it. You can take uh, gallon milk jugs and uh, uh, rinse them out real good, a little bit of Clorox, rinse them out, and then uh, put the water in those and store those. You can, uh, if you've got somebody that drinks a lot of bottled water, you can ask them to save their bottled water containers for you, and uh, you can just rinse those out and fill them and stack them, all right? Uh, right out of the faucet, and uh, the water will keep good. Uh, and you start that off and make sure that you have, uh, you know, uh, whatever whatever your whatever your goal is going to be. Make it an easy, attainable goal. Uh, I tell folks to start off with one day because most people can most people can get themselves squared away for one day pretty easily. That way, there's not any type of anxiety. Uh, over an unattainable goal, get yourself uh, get yourself squared away with some water. All right, and then food. Most people most people will have more than a day's worth of food uh, in their refrigerators, in their pantries, and stuff. But the trend in this country has been that because it's so easy to get food that people don't keep uh, much more than uh, than five to seven days of food in their home. And, and a lot of people, and believe me, I know this because I, I've, I've been to their houses and seen it, don't keep more than a couple of days of food. It's a bad habit to get into. Uh, and like I said, it's not because uh, the zombies are coming or the uh, or asteroids or stuff like that. It's because... You're, you're almost always guaranteed to have something, a snowstorm, a flood, uh, uh, tornadoes, hurricanes, uh, trucker strikes, uh, you name it. Something, something is always happening, right, there, with, without any uh, undertones of, uh, uh, of darkness or conspiracy or anything like that. There, something is always happening. That's just the, that is the... Uh, that's the world that we live in. Something is always happening. Uh, there's a lot of rains. There's floods. There's brush fires. There's tornadoes, uh, hurricanes. So there's always the, the possibility that you'll be stuck for two or three or four days or more uh, without being able to go to a, uh, a store to get more food. So the folks that that are only keeping a day or two days or, or, or less of food in their home, they're really taking on uh, really unnecessary chances because right now, and I say right now because I personally believe we're on the brink of, uh, of a terrible uh, event concerning uh, our nation's uh, food sources and stuff like that, that right now... It's very uh, it's very inexpensive for you to get uh, a pretty decent amount of food uh, that you can put away uh, for very little very little actual dollars. I mean, we're living in a time of plenty right now. Even though prices on things like like meat and stuff like that have uh, have really gone up, uh, we're still living in a time of plenty here. So for you to have 
uh, only a day or two's worth of food in your house. It, if you have a family, is criminal. If you're by yourself and that's what you want to do, uh, okay. Uh, as long as you don't have that mentality that a lot of people have, which is, uh, you know, if if I run out of food and stuff, I've got uh, I've got all kinds of guns and stuff I use to get more food because that is a criminal act too, and that makes you one of the negatives. <clears throat> and you could easily get around that by beginning your prep now and making sure that you have enough food to take care of yourself. Now, if you've got a family, like I said, that's and you don't do this, then that to me also is criminal. So how how are you going to do this? How are you going to get some food? How are you going to put it away? Well, first off, the food, uh, that's another thing I hear from folks, too, when I talk to them about making sure that they've started their food prep. Uh, they say, well, you know, I really want to do that, but I, I can't afford the the long-term food yet, and I keep meaning to buy those uh, uh, those." Uh, food prep containers and some mylar bags, stuff I just keep forgetting. So I'm just going to wait until I get that, and then I'll do it. Why? Why would you Why would you wait and do that? And you look into people's food pantries, and they may have some food in there that's been on the shelf for a year or more or two years. If you go to my dad's house, you may find a, a can of turkey chili that's been sitting there for nine years. Uh so if you go to my dad's house, make sure that you look at the date on the can before you eat it, all right? Otherwise, you'll be sitting there eating it and thinking about how horrible it tastes and not knowing why uh, until you get through and you look at the can and it's nine years old, all right? The reason I say this is because that food has been sitting there. It didn't kill me, uh, but it has been sitting there for nine years. So you don't need... Uh, don't don't put all of these uh, these blocks in front of you to say I, I would do it if uh, you know if I had these other things in place so that I could do it I would go ahead and do it. Uh, there's no need to wait. Uh, a bag of rice, uh, as long as you don't have uh, any vermin in your house, a bag of rice will sit there in that little flimsy plastic bag. When the shelf in your pantry will sit there for two or three years. So will the bags of beans that you put up. So will the other cans of food that you uh, that you catch on sale at uh, Walmart or HEB or Target, <clears throat> wherever you go. Uh, and that's what you should be doing, is going and w- waiting for some uh, of this stuff to go on sale. And when I say waiting, I don't mean waiting a year. I just mean waiting... Uh, to go and get the the canned yams uh, waiting until Wednesday because that's when they go on sale at HEB. I don't mean waiting too long. I just mean look through your, be a smart shopper, look through your, uh, the flyers that they put out and say, okay, uh, they, have, they have lowered the price on these canned yams uh, to 60 cents a can because they want me to come in and get those canned yams and fill up my basket uh, with other stuff. And instead of doing that, you just look at the specific things that they have on sale, and you go and pick up those things that are on sale or that uh, or that the prices are comparable to other locations, and you get do your shopping uh, and pick the stuff up then. You pick up those canned yams. And, and let me tell you something else too real quick. <clears throat> when you're buying food to put, to put away, 
certainly it's hard to get away. It's hard to get around buying some of the stuff that you can get very inexpensively in bulk. I'm talking about stuff like uh, rice and beans. Everybody talks about that. Rice and beans. Got to get my rice and beans. That's great because uh, the rice is usually fairly inexpensive. It's getting more and more expensive. If you've been buying rice lately, you'll see it's gotten more expensive. So are the beans. But the but you can still buy them in bulk uh, rather inexpensively at most of the locations that you go to. Uh, just go to the uh, uh, the grain section, and you look on the very bottom shelf down there, and they'll have the uh, 5, 10, 15, or 20-pound bags of rice and beans. They may even have some 30-pound bags. <clears throat> so you can still buy those uh, pretty expensively, and uh, and and I would advise you to, to get rice and beans. But one of the things that I want to tell you is that when you're buying your your prep items, you want to buy the stuff that you eat, the stuff that you normally eat. Uh, the uh, the whole idea of trying to live your live a lifestyle where you include prepping in it is that this isn't just for the end of the world. This is this is how you're going to shop from now on. Uh, not just for the zombies, but for your everyday regular uh, eating habits and stuff. So when you really buy stuff, you're going to buy it, the stuff that you normally eat. Because the other thing about this is, is the last thing you want at the end of the world is to be eating stuff that you don't like, right? Uh, if you don't like yams, then even though they're on sale, maybe, maybe you don't want to buy the yams. Uh, pick out something else. Pick out something that you like. So you can have a decent meal, even if it's at the end of the world. Uh, uh, and, and certainly some of the stuff, I guess, could be used as barter items, but think about buying the stuff that you're going to eat because that's what we want you to do. We don't want you to buy a, a year's worth of food and put it in the, the closet in your pantry and say, well, I'm, just, I'm not going to not touching that because that's my ticket. That's my, that's my lifeline there. Because uh, if this uh, if these zombies don't come in a year, and then it turns into two years and three years, then that food that you've been putting away is going to start getting older. It's going to start losing uh, certainly, if not its nutritional value, it's going to start losing. Uh, it's going to be becoming less and less palatable, right? So what we want you to do is to eat out of your preps. And that doesn't mean buying a year of stuff and then eating for a year without buying anything else until you're through and then buying another year. What we mean is that when you go to the store and you love those yams, uh, if you normally buy a can of yams for the week, this, when you go next time, you're going to buy two cans of yams, right? You're going to buy two cans of yams, and then you're going to store them up. And you'll eat that one can of yams that you normally eat, but then the other one is going to remain... Uh, as part of your prep. And every time you get something, every time you purchase something, you're going to have your Sharpie, market, Sharpie marker right there in the pantry with, with you. And when you purchase it, you're going to now notice that one of the people in the chat room said, uh, 
be sure and check the dates on the MREs you purchase, and that's a great idea. But go ahead and check the dates on everything you purchase before you before you uh, leave the aisle where you're buying it. All right, take a look at the can, the date on the can or whatever, and make sure that that the the can that's at the front of the line doesn't have a date on it that is 60 days older than the next uh, cans three rows back. Right? I always take a look at the cans at, of stuff or anything that I'm buying. I'll take a look at the the one in the front row, and I'll take one from uh, the second, third, fourth, fifth row back. Take a look at that date. Because the store is always trying to, they're trying to sell their, you know, their oldest first, uh, you know, which is what they're supposed to do. So they'll have the oldest stuff on the front of the row. Make sure you take a look at the dates on this as when you're purchasing it. So to give yourself an extra buffer, whatever it is, if they if they if the cans of food uh, three or four rows back are uh, 30 or 60 days uh, uh, fresher, then get those, get those and put them in. All right. Then when you get home, you take your sharpie marker and you mark on the cans, on the bags, whatever the date of purchase. As you as you are eating. Uh, during the course of your of your regular life, you're going to eat the oldest first, and you're going to keep adding to your prep by putting it into the bag. Now, there's a lot of great uh, products for this, for canned goods and stuff like that. They've got uh, there's a company called Shelf Reliance, and uh, they make some really great products uh, if you want to stock cans and stuff. Because the way they have it set up is like a little can dispenser, and uh, <clears throat> you put the cans in the top, and they're held uh, in a vertical fashion, and uh, then there's one that's dispensed out of the bottom, and so the oldest cans are the ones that are going to that are going to come out first. That's the oldest can. The newest ones are going to be you'll be putting in uh, after time. You still put your dates on them, <clears throat> and you eat out of your prep, right? If you like peanut butter, when you go to the store, and you don't do this all at once. You don't have to go to the store and say, all right, normally my, my grocery bill is 150 bucks uh, a week. This week, though, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to start pushing up to 150 uh, I mean to uh, 300 So they've got to double it every week I go now. You don't have to do that. You just pick certain items, and you start doubling those up. You don't have to do every single item every week you go. Uh, or every month you go, whatever your schedule. But you do want to start doubling up on some other things that you eat a lot of. If you eat a lot of peanut butter, even if you don't, peanut butter is a really good thing to, to keep on hand. But you're going to buy the can that you usually eat during the week, and then you're going to buy one more on top of that. And you'll do this every time you go to the grocery store. You'll pick something that uh, that you eat, and then you're going to buy double up on it. And... You're not gonna. You're not going to wait two more, three more weeks to uh, to resupply yourself with it. Next time, you'll go ahead and you'll buy your can. Next time, that just gives you one extra can of whatever it is in that rotation. It gives you one extra one, so that you're gonna slowly be doing this to be building up uh, your reserve as you go along. This is part of of living a self-reliant lifestyle. You'll be adding to your prep. Every time you go to the store, you'll add additional amounts. You're going to be buying a little bit more than you need uh, to make it through the week. And that 
that surplus then is going to be added to your prep. And then you're going to eat out of your prep as you go along uh, to ensure that you are constantly rotating through your stock and that you are eating the oldest first uh, and that you're adding, your first step that you're adding is going to the, uh, the end of the line. That's how you're going to maintain uh, and build your prep. Now, if you want, certainly wouldn't hurt to to go and make a uh, you know make a, a decent buy this week of some of some extra stuff. Now, there's stuff that I buy uh, almost every time I go that I'll buy some extra of. There are things like salt. Now, you can buy salt in bulk from the salt manufacturers. Uh, if you don't want to do it that way, you can certainly uh, pick it up on sale at your stores. Uh, I'll usually always buy uh, four to five pounds of salt whenever I go to the store. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll buy it in the one-pound containers because that's just uh, that's a good way uh, to purchase it. It's, it's fairly inexpensive. You can buy the one-pound containers usually for about uh, 39 cents. Uh, and uh, and I also will put one of those containers usually inside of a five-gallon uh, bucket that I'm, that I'm closing up for storage. Uh, I'll keep a pound of salt in almost all the containers. Buy an extra uh, container of salt uh, whenever I go, and they stack very easily, too, in your, in your cabinets. And it's easy to hand away the one-pound round uh, in a cardboard container uh, as a barter item. Uh, then uh, I'll also grab, uh, I'm looking at my, my family likes ramen. They're not big on on rice and beans. I bought them anyway. They're not big on them. They do like ramen, so I'll, I'll make sure that I pick up uh, uh, usually a case or so of ramen when I go. I can put a case of ramen in the single-serving ramens. I can put a case of ramen, uh, a pound of salt, and the rest of the spices uh, because I always trying to put spices in all of, all of the containers. Uh, but I can put the, a case of ramen and uh, the spices into one five-gallon can and lock it up. And then that's, uh, that's one case of 48 uh, single servings, uh, you know, every time I go. Uh, you can pick up the rice and beans. <laughs> so buying a, a couple of cases of ramen, uh, 20 pounds of rice, 20 pounds of beans, and some salt, putting it away on one of your first purchases. Uh, there's no problem with that. It's not going to break the bank, and that gives you a little bit of a jump. And then you're going to continually add to it uh, as, you, as you're going along on your, uh, uh, your prepping, your, the, the way that you've set up your prepping lifestyle, all right? <clears throat> Okay, the uh, uh, and I would also uh, grab things, and you can a lot of stuff uh, that is bulk items. A lot of times it doesn't go on sale; it just it just hovers at a pretty decent price. 
but getting stuff that's not going to uh, that's not going to go bad very quickly that you're going to use uh, fairly often is a good idea. The rice and the beans, like I said, they'll store just on yourself. You don't have shelf. You don't have to get uh, mylar and uh, and food grade plastic buckets uh, to ensure that uh, nothing goes wrong with it. It's great if you can, but don't let that stand in your way. Don't make that an obstacle for you to have to surmount before you get it. You can get uh, the uh, the rice and the beans. You can get uh, the bulk pasta. Pasta is always good. Got a lot of carbs in it. Uh, uh, you can buy the bulk pasta. You can uh, put it in uh, Tupperware containers if you need to. You can uh, you can very easily get started on this, and you can you can make it uh, almost a game. You know, you make it a game where you are, you're, you're doing your best to find the lowest prices, and you are figuring out new, inexpensive ways to do this. And it's certainly great if you are, if you're a family and you have uh, either a significant other or uh, kids that you can help. They can, uh, you can also get involved with this, and you can make it, uh, you know, part of a family uh, project. Uh, and they can get kind of excited about helping you look for for items or ways to store the food and stuff like that. It certainly helps. I, I know it's hard if you if your significant other uh, doesn't is not on the boat with you on this. But even if they're not, you got to do it anyway, right? All right, so you're going to get uh, make sure that you've got getting your water, which is like I said, is not that hard. Uh, uh, you can buy the bottled water. You can get containers. You can go to the stores, and they'll sell you the uh, the five gallon screw on top uh, lids, uh, the clear plastic ones that uh, they use for your water machines. You can get those. You can uh, fill those up, keep them in your garage or in your closets. You can start getting the food now and uh, and buying just a little bit extra when you go to get your, your weekly food. Storing it away, your shelter. Uh, if you have a home, then you've got a home. That's your, for, for right then and there at that moment, that's what you'll, you'll consider to be your shelter, and you won't worry about uh, that right now because you have shelter. That's going to be your home. Uh, You can start working on shelter as it comes up again down the line in your your prepping and self-reliance path. Uh, Your security. And this is going to be different for for everybody. Uh, I would certainly advise you to uh, to acquire uh, some type of a firearm uh, for your for defense of yourself and your family. To uh, and. And when we talk about firearms, we're not uh, don't jump to the end of the line and start thinking that you're going to have to, 
you know, shoot uh, massive amounts of zombies and intruders and stuff like that. Uh, who knows? You may have to. I don't know. But you don't have to think of it that way, at least not at the beginning. But you can certainly acquire something uh, that could help you uh, by uh, by by putting down a, a rabid dog that uh, had gotten into your yard or uh, because there are certainly uh, plenty of examples of, uh, of animals not being taken care of whenever something happens. You know, something happens to the owners and they either perish or they leave. They don't take their animals with them. The animals have to fend for themselves and uh, they very rapidly form packs and and people aren't getting their shots and uh, and on and on. So I don't want you to immediately, <laughs> immediately start thinking of of having to defend your uh, defend yourself from from hordes of zombies. But you do need to understand that the real world is a it's a dangerous place, and if it's not right now. For you specifically, it can certainly become one, right? And uh, and in the defense of yourself and your family, uh, as uh, as Colt said, uh, the uh, the firearm is a great equalizer. You know, maybe you're a uh, you're some kind of a fourth or fifth degree uh, high level black belt or something like that, and you say, "Well, I'm just going to use my I'll just use my uh, my mad karate skills to defend my family and stuff like that." Uh, if need be, I'm not going to use a, a firearm. Well, that's good. I mean, that's good to have that to fall back on. But if you're using your mad skills of karate and you get injured uh, doing so, and how is that helping uh, if, if you're successful? How is that helping anybody? All right? Uh, there are thousands of reasons for you to have a firearm. Uh, and these are the good reasons. Uh, so my suggestion would be, if it's legal to do so in your state, and I, certainly you're going to need to check all the applicable state and local laws there's still plenty of places in the United States where having a firearm is illegal for you, uh, and the only people that obey the laws are the people that obey the laws. So before you before you get a firearm, check your state and local laws, make sure that it's legal, and then. Uh, and then go and talk to some folks. Uh, don't just rush out and buy something. Uh, find somebody that uh, that you know that has uh, some shooting experience and uh, ask them if they would uh, mind taking you and showing you uh, some of the uh, rifles uh, that they have or some of the pistols or shotguns and letting you shoot them. Um, most people that own farms are more than happy to do this. They love the excuse of, of doing this. So, uh, yeah, yeah. One of the people in the chat room said they they don't they don't know anyone who can catch a bullet. Well, that's not quite true because most people can catch one, 
you just can't catch it without it causing some damage, right? Uh, let them show you uh, some of the uh, the rifles and pistols, uh, shotguns that they have. Let them do some shooting with some. Find something that you're uh, that you're comfortable with and that is applicable to your situation, and uh, and then make the decision to either purchase a firearm or not. But like I said, I would I would advise you to do so uh, because there are many uh, there are many reasons to do it and it doesn't just have it doesn't have the majority of them don't have anything to do with with shooting somebody else all right like I said there's uh, there's the ability for you to harvest food with them uh, to keep uh, uh, wild or diseased animals uh, off your your family and just so that you know, the majority of the instances in America and the the statistics say that between the low level of 900,000 and the high level of 2.5 million times that crimes uh, are stopped with a firearm, in the majority of those cases, the firearm was not actually fired was simply produced or the or the uh, the threat of the firing firearm being produced was used right and that's what prevented the crimes so <clears throat> so I would advise you to acquire one if it's legal for you to do so uh, you can get some uh, very uh, decent uh, home self-defense Firearms uh, fairly inexpensively. Uh, you can uh, check the pawn shops uh, in your city, your town, see if see what they have. Uh, you can buy something new fairly inexpensively. You can buy a, a nice, decent uh, 22 caliber uh, semi-automatic rifle. Uh, for uh, around 150 bucks, right? And then, uh, and then once you have it, then the next thing to do is to take some type of instruction so that you'll understand how to use the firearms safely and competently. Uh, I wrote about this just the other day on a blog post. Uh, about training because we've got uh, our company Battle Road USA, and you can go to our you can go to our website battleroadusa.com, and you can see the uh, training that we have available. And we also have the blog there, and the blog covers everything under the sun, from shooting to uh, to canning and everything else. And uh, and if you have something that you want to add to the blog, just send it to me, uh, and uh, we'll talk about uh, adding you on as a as a guest writer on the blog. Uh, but uh, I was writing, talking about training, and uh, and the fact that uh, there's the 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 problem that so many people will get their CHL uh, or they'll get a firearm, and they will consider uh, the subject of self-defense to 
question himself meant to be answered. That's it. When they got the firearm, they got their CHL, that's all they needed. And uh, and that's certainly uh, not the case. Uh, I think a lot of people just uh, think that the that just having the firearm uh, has some type of a uh, magical or mystical uh, becomes some some kind of a talisman for them, uh, and because they have the firearm, uh, nothing bad will happen to them. There's no real need to to learn how to use it because just the fact that they that they own one now uh, prevents anything bad from happening to them. Uh, and that's a problem because a lot of people actually do think that. A lot of people actually feel that way. They'll get uh, the firearm, but they won't get any training from it for it. And uh, and I always tell them not to be not to be upset, not to be surprised when that firearm does not leap out of their underwear drawer and save them because it's not going to right you are going to have to understand how to use it. And not just that, you're going to have to develop the the mindset to use it. You're going to have to understand how to use it, when to use it, and then you're going to have to to develop the mindset to use it when it's needed. Uh, the number of people, and, and I've personally seen this happen, and I've seen it on uh, on YouTube. I've read the story of it happening over and over. <clears throat> Certainly you see it in movies, and I'm not telling you that movies are, are aware of the truth lies. I'm just saying that a lot of times they, the reason they have it in movies is because that's what happened in real life. But you'll see the, uh, the firearms owner will be... Uh, using a firearm for self-defense, they'll be pointing it at the uh, at the bad guy and saying, "Don't you come any closer! Don't you come any closer! I'll shoot!" And the bad guy keeps coming closer and closer, and they keep threatening, and he keeps coming closer, and they keep threatening, and uh, pretty soon he's standing there and he's got his hand on the on their gun and he takes it out of their hand. When I'm talking about the mindset, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm not telling you that you have to become a hardened killer, uh, like uh, what the guy's name in uh, Full Metal Jacket, Gomer Pyle. You don't have to become a hardened killer like Gomer Pyle. Uh, but what you have to do is you have to understand. Uh, the rules, the dance that this this situation, how it works out. If you are in enough of a dangerous situation where you consider your life to be at risk and and you have already produced a firearm, you've pointed it at an individual and you've told them that you feel you're, that your your life is threatened and that you're going to shoot them if they don't stop, and they don't stop, then when you have to decide in your mind, before this happens, I don't mean you have to decide when it's going on. You have to decide before this ever happens. You have to walk through it in your head and say, all right, uh, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, if I tell them 
to stop or I'll shoot, then when they take that step toward me, I'm going to shoot. And that's what I'm going to do. Do it in your mind. You have to play it out. And you have to come to the decision to do it, regardless of how you personally feel about uh, violence or or, or the or a situation where you're forced to to defend yourself. You have to you have this has to be worked out ahead of time, and you have to make the decision ahead of time of what you're going to do. Otherwise, they'll just keep walking up to you, and they'll take they fire them from you, and that's it. That's the mindset that I'm talking about. So these are some things that you've got to figure out and you've got to work through once you decide to become a responsible firearms owner. And I already said I think it's a decision that you should that you should consider. Each and every person will have to decide for themselves what's right for them. I'm not going to tell you that it's something you have to do. You don't have to do it. You don't have to have any kind of firearm. You could have a club or a stick or mace or anything else. Disadvantage because the firearm is going to be at the top of the at the top of the pyramid, right? That means that uh, no matter where you are, you won't be at the top of the pyramid if you don't have one. So once you acquire a firearm, the very next thing you should do is to acquire instruction in the use of the firearm. I would include with that. Uh, going to some if you if you haven't already done so to going to some type of a uh, self defense course so you can begin to understand uh, the things that are needed for you to uh, to properly defend yourself and your loved ones and that is things like situational awareness uh, safety in your home keeping your door locked. Uh, safety in your in your travels, uh, the the things that you should be doing. And I'm not just talking about at the end of the world. I'm talking about the, the same thing I was talking about a few minutes ago, which is living in a in a prepping lifestyle. I'm talking about the things that you should be doing every day. Uh, things like uh, when you're when you've gotten your groceries at the store and you're walking back to your car, that you don't have your head buried in your portable uh, interweb device. Uh, situational awareness. You should get uh, some type of instruction or training uh, in this so you can begin practicing it every day, not just uh, not just at the end of the world, but every day. All right? This is going to be part of your security. Now, it's not all of your security by any means, just because you have a firearm doesn't mean you have to, that you're going to neglect uh, things like making sure you have good locks on all your doors and windows, that uh, that you're not practicing uh, situational awareness, that you're not uh, sure that you have uh, uh, outdoor lighting that's, that that uh, that shines on where you get out of your car and stuff like that. That's all stuff that you that you need to learn. You need to continue learning. I'm just saying that uh, that you need to begin learning it now and practicing it now. This is uh, if the zombies do come, there's going to be too much going on for you to try and figure out all this stuff at once, right? 
be figuring this stuff out uh, while it's still relatively peaceful and safe and uh, and law-abiding, right? To what to the degree that it is, uh, uh, you can still very easily get uh, uh, killed, robbed, raped, uh, murdered, uh, uh, assaulted, uh, just about any day of the week, just about anywhere you are, right? That's the world that we live in. <clears throat> All right, uh, but you're going to be working on this. You're going to be working on your security, right? That's part of the part of the five legs of the five-legged. Uh, survival stool that is water, food, uh, shelter, security, safety. Now they're not always in that order, uh, but it's but it's close. Water, food, shelter, security, and energy. So, what would you do about energy? Now, if you leave. Uh, yeah. I got a uh, I got a bunch of little puppies running around here, and they're just like little uh, barracudas. Uh, we got a mouthful of brand new teeth, and uh, and they have to show them to every single thing that they can. Uh, they want to put those teeth in everything that they can put it in, uh, including all of the cords and you know, all the electric uh, stuff. Uh, you need to look at your uh, at your energy uses. Now, I think one of the best ways to do this is uh, is by having a like an example day, <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> that's where you uh, you shut the power off to your house and. Uh, you live a day like that, and you see what it is uh, that uh, the fact that everything you do uh, uses uh, some form of energy, and then you figure out some way uh, to get around the fact that uh, that, that perhaps the uh, utility companies and such are not going to be supplying it to you. You can have a uh, uh, like a lights out day, or even a lights out weekend. And uh, and find out what and uh, when you do this, I, I would say go ahead and make sure that you, you know, you add your all of the utilities together. It means your your electricity, your water, your gas, uh, and uh, just see what it's like uh, not to have them uh, at the end of your finger like you usually do. There have been times where we've had uh, electrical outages here, or maybe I've been working on the on the water. We're on a water well, but uh, maybe I've been working on the water. Maybe the power's out, and uh, I can't tell you. I have to laugh at myself over and over the number of times that uh, that my hand will hit the switch to turn on the light, or will hit the water. Uh, to turn on the water to wash my hands, uh, not just once or twice. Uh, I, I'll, I'll do it all day long. You know, I'll walk in the the house knowing that the that the water is turned off, and walk over and hit the the faucet to wash my hands. <clears throat> and uh, 
and you will do this, uh, you know, you may do it a uh, hundred times uh, during the course of the day uh, on a full-length day where you hit a turn on a light. You click on a button to turn on the radio or the TV. Uh, you turn the faucet on. You want to flush the toilet. All of this stuff. You can see very quickly how uh, a cessation of services event is going to affect you and how the, the things that you'll need to do if you no longer have these utilities available to you. Uh, we already talked about the water, so we're, we won't go into that. We've already talked about the, uh, the need for you to... Uh, to have water available. Uh, you can listen to either of the shows in the archives, or we'll go over water again uh, probably in the next the six or seven weeks because I want to add some more details uh, to it. So we'll do a, a, have a show to, devoted to water, things like uh, uh, water purification uh, devices, storage, etc., uh, harvesting rainwater, stuff like that. Uh, let's just talk for now about... Uh, like electricity and gas, because uh, those are going to be the things that you'll have to worry about, even if you do have uh, a large amount of water that you've set aside for yourself and your family. So how are you going to cook your meals? How are you going to uh, see at night? What are the things that you're going to do uh, that are going to make life livable for you? And... Uh, and there's a lot of different things that uh, then you can start looking at. One uh, would be to uh, to purchase some type of a uh, of a gas cooking device, you know. And it doesn't have to be like a big grill or anything. You can get uh, like the uh, small single burner uh, type uh, uh, appliances. Uh, from a lot of different places, sporting good places and stuff like that. And that's a device that's just like a, a one single burner. And you can use that to uh, heat food, uh, to cook your food and stuff like that. And uh, usually those things will run on either a propane canister, the kind that you can buy and screw in. Uh, and uh, if you want to... Uh, to make sure that you're able to do it for a little while, you can instead of getting the small screw-in containers, you can also get the uh, the big. Uh, I don't even remember now what the the size of them are. I've got a bunch of them, but the uh, the big propane cylinders that you can buy at the uh, the grocery stores. All right, and you can have several of those available. But uh, at the same time, if you have a gas grill, you can use that uh, to cook your meals on. Uh, what about uh, what about lighting? All right. Uh, one of the things that I've done is I've got uh, purchased several of the uh, the new Coleman lanterns. They've got the type now that will run on any type of fuel. Uh, you can even burn uh, you know gasoline. Uh, you can use gasoline to run your your Coleman lantern, and which is good uh, because uh, odds are that. Uh, while you may not be able to find uh, the, the regular Coleman fuel, uh, you can usually find some gasoline somewhere. Uh, 
know, in a in a gas tank of a car, you know, somewhere you'll find uh, some gasoline that you can use to power your Coleman light. Uh, what I do is Coleman lanterns, the gas Coleman lanterns, the the multi fuel Coleman lanterns, and there's there's difference. So you've got to the the multi fuels are going to be a little bit more expensive. They're about forty to fifty bucks a piece. Uh, but like I said, the, the having the ability to burn multiple types of fuel in them is probably well worth the cost of that. Uh, but on my once-a-month uh, uh, trips to Walmart, I will usually buy, uh, normally I'll buy almost all of the lantern mantles that they have available for that specific model. You know, they'll have, uh, you know, seven or eight packages on the shelf. Uh and I'm doing this during the regular uh, non-event time, so it's not like I'm like I'm going in and buying up everything so nobody else has it. I'll just go out and I'll, I'll buy a, a good stack of them, uh, and then they'll immediately, you know, put them back on the shelf. I'm building up a reserve of the lantern mantles because uh, it doesn't matter how great of a lantern you have uh, and how much fuel you have. If you don't have a mantle that will burn that fuel, that will actually, you know, burn the fuel and give off the, uh, the radiation, the light. So you'll need to make sure that uh, if you have a Coleman lantern, you have plenty of fuel for it, and make sure that you have a good reserve of the lantern mantles because they're they don't last forever. Uh, they can very easily become broken and useless, uh, or even dangerous. So uh, if you're going to get uh, any type of Coleman lantern, uh, and they make the gas ones too, the propane ones, either way, you'll need to make sure you have a good reserve of uh, of the mantles. I just keep uh, uh, a good stock, like uh, 80 or 90 mantles for each of the lanterns in a uh, nice, uh, uh, sturdy Tupperware container. You know, right where I keep the lanterns, and then uh, uh, they make some other extra uh, parts for them. And uh, once a year, I'll try and pick up some of the extra parts, like the plunger, the pump for the the lanterns. And uh, they also make the uh, the strikers and stuff for that. Once a year, you can purchase. Uh, they're only about five or six bucks a piece. You can purchase those and keep them in a container along with the lanterns and stuff too, because the the pumps go out as well as the little gaskets and stuff on them. And uh, that will make them uh, that will make them useless uh, as well. So make sure that you have the spare parts for it. Uh, right now, uh, at this, they're probably coming to the end of it, but uh, right now at Walmart, uh, they still have, last time I was in there, they still had them, the, uh, the solar-powered yard lights. And that's something you should also be looking into. So we're not going to go over it tonight. That's solar power uh, for a lot of things, especially for lighting. But uh, uh, I will mention this because this is a, a very easy, inexpensive way to get uh, lighting for yourself. That is the solar-powered lights that they have at places like Walmart right now. They are the solar-powered yard lights. Now these aren't uh, these aren't perfect for everything, uh, but for uh, usually 
like right uh right I think I saw them uh, yesterday for uh ninety seven cents a piece. That's for the individual solar powered yard lights. And uh I've I've managed to pick up quite a few of these over the years and uh I keep them uh packaged up uh, on the same shelf with the uh Coleman gear and stuff. And uh I think one of the things about that I think is great about them is just that uh, they're inexpensive. Like I said, you can get the uh, you can get each of the lights for about ninety seven cents. You can uh, and they're solar powered, which means that they're going to recharge themselves. Uh, they're bright enough so that uh, you could put uh, two or three on your dinner table. And you would be able to uh, have enough light to eat dinner. You can uh, place them uh, uh, throughout your home, be able to see uh, in the darkness. Now, they're not like a, they're not real bright, but uh, they're going to be bright enough that you could possibly uh, see if there were an intruder enough to make the shot, and certainly. Uh, uh, enough light that you could probably identify, uh, you know, a, a make it hopefully see the difference between a, an intruder and a family member. <clears throat> Something that's going to give you some light uh, in the darkness. And as I said, these are really expensive, and certainly they're not the highest quality. And uh, uh, but for 97 cents, uh, they're pretty good. Now I've had uh, several of these. Uh, out in the open, uh, down at uh, my shooting range, uh, I use them for the uh, uh, for lights to help let folks know how to get to the outhouse. And I've got uh, quite a few stuck in the uh, in the shower, the uh, primitive shower uh, that we built there, so that people can uh, take a bath in the evenings and be able to at least see where the soap falls when it uh, you know if it slips into the hands. Uh, and they've been sitting out at the range for uh, two or three years, and they're still going fine. They've just been sitting out in the middle of the uh, out in the middle of the weather for two or three years, and they're doing just fine. So, and for ninety-seven cents a piece, uh, that's pretty good. And uh, uh, I've got a, a drink, one of the old uh, like nineteen sixties drink carts. The carts that they make that you're supposed to roll into the roll into the living room with the drinks and the ice and stuff on it, and you have converted that to a, a storage rack for them. That way, to like a full uh, uh, complement of it, it'll hold uh, uh, almost 80 of them. I can take that and I can roll it out onto the uh, onto the deck in the sunlight. They can charge all day, and then uh, if I need them, I can. Uh, I can turn the ones on that I need, and the rest will just maintain their uh, their charge. And uh, some of these, the 97 cent ones don't, but some of these, uh, I think they're like a dollar forty or something. They'll make the they make and sell these too. Now you need to get them uh, in the spring when they first start going on sale. <laughs> but uh, they uh, make these solar uh, yard lights with a rechargeable AA battery in them. You can use it for lighting, or you can use it to recharge your AA batteries. 
You can take those AA batteries out and use them in something else, in the flashlight, the radios, etc. You can use them in something else and then stick them back in there, and they're good to go. And uh, and when I checked on the pricing of this last time, the uh, each of the individual yard lights with the AA battery in them was cheaper than what you could buy uh, a uh, AA rechargeable battery for, right? So those will work uh, dual purposes. Uh, and uh, and that's just a way to for you to start uh, to working on your inexpensively working on lighting. Like I said, you can take uh, you can take three or four or five of these, even uh, at ninety-seven cents a piece. They're going to last. Uh, uh, they'll last however long they last. Like I said, I've got some that have been going for three years. Uh, somebody else told me that they that they had a couple, and one of them only lasted like six months. All right, uh, they'll last however long they last. But uh, I've had them lasting quite a, a, a quite a decent amount of time now. And uh, you can take a bouquet of these and stick them in a vase on your dinner table, and you're able to eat dinner and see what it is you're eating. And I'll tell you that in a grid down situation, there is nothing that causes more anxiety have a way to light yourself out of the darkness. Okay? And uh, you can say, well, I've got a flashlight in the drawer in the kitchen in case something happens. That's great. But how long is that flashlight going to last? If it's even working now. When was the last time you checked it? Flashlights are another thing, uh, and uh, that's certainly something that uh, that you need to figure out uh, is having some way to take uh, take your lighting with you. Uh, all right, so you can have the cooking. You can do it uh, inexpensively with uh, some gas devices that you've set up. You can get uh, uh, a regular charcoal grill, and you can use a charcoal grill either with charcoal or with uh, with some wood that you can get. The only problem with this is is that you can you can figure out ways to safely cook inside uh, with your gas grill. Now, I'm not going to tell you that you should be doing this because it's dangerous. Figuring out how to uh, get the right amount of, uh, uh, of breathable air inside and doing it in such a way that, uh, that you don't asphyxiate yourself, you can figure this out. Now, like I said, I'm not telling you to bring your gas grill inside the house, shut the windows and doors, and cook that way because that can end up being that can end up being dangerous for you. But you can figure out a way to do it uh, by putting it near, uh, figuring out which window has uh, the exit draft on your house. And if you open up uh, two windows, uh, one on the windward side and one on the lee side, and you put your grill by the lee side, that means that the air is going to get uh, pulled out of that window, and you can do it that way. Uh, with the charcoal and wood grills, it's, that's a lot more dangerous because you're not just burning air 
but you're also introducing uh, uh, smoke into your home. Uh, and even if you're doing it outside, if you're doing charcoal, it's not it's not as bad. But if you're doing some type of a wood fire, then there's always a chance that you're going to uh, have at least a small discernible uh, amount of smoke that's going to be coming from it. They could uh, they could that might not be a good thing. All right, but it is a possible way to do that. You could use wood to uh, to cook your food. Heck, if you if if all else fails, you could always just uh, get a couple of bricks and start a fire and um, just make it like a campfire, and you could cook your food outside. And you could figure out ways to do this. You could figure out ways to shield the uh, the light from escaping uh, campfire going too far, things like that. You can figure out ways to do it. But you need to figure out the ways to do it now, not uh, not when you're having to worry about every other thing. Uh Add this to your uh, your your primitive day without uh, fire. It's when you have all the stuff turned off, the electricity and the water and everything else. And then grab you a uh, pot and uh, go outside, uh, make your little campfire, cook your your food there. Cook it on the gas grill. Cook it uh, on the single burn that you made. Uh, there are a lot of ways. Uh, to do this, and there are certainly ways that you can become very proficient. Tons of devices that you can actually make yourself, uh, where you can uh, you can use uh, little tiny uh, amounts of combustible material to make your cup of coffee. You can do that with uh, with like a little device you make out of a tin can, and just a little tiny fire that uh, that would be really hard to be seen. These are things that you should be figuring out how to do now. Now, let's address the very first part of the question, I guess, that I skipped over, and that is uh, if you don't have electricity, uh, if you don't have uh, the utilities, then the the part where you flip the switch and the coils heat up or the uh, ignition device starts snapping and it ignites the the gas coming out of the vents. Uh, if you don't have the electricity, then that part's not going to work, right? So if you're going to start a fire or you're going to use your gas cooker or you're going to use your Coleman lantern, <clears throat> then... Uh, then you're going to need something to to do that very first part, which is going it is starting the fire. Uh, and a lot of times people don't think about this. They think, well, if I need to start a fire, I'll just uh, I'll just go get some matches. And maybe you have some. Maybe you have some. Maybe you'll just say, well, I'll just go get some matches from the store. If you have a store and they still are, and they're still running, they have matches. And may, that's great. Maybe you can. But that's what everybody's going to be doing. Everybody's going to be looking for the matches to uh, to make their fires. So one of the uh, things that you can uh, think about doing is making sure that you have uh, uh, at least a small stockpile 
of fire starting devices. And uh, I'm not even going to talk tonight about flint and steel or anyone about like that. We, we, we've done shows before on fire starting, and we'll certainly do some more of them uh, down the road. But tonight we're just going to talk about uh, keeping some things on hand to give you the to give you uh, the ability to do it well, without going through a lot of trouble. That's going to be uh, something like your uh, inexpensive uh, uh, disposable butane lighters. Uh, and you can still get them fairly inexpensively now. You know, don't you don't have to go and buy the expensive ones uh, at the counter by the cash register. Go to uh, go to some place like uh, uh, the Dollar General or any of the dollar stores or Harbor Freight or something like that. Go there and buy the bulk containers of lighters. Uh, dollar General used to have them. They used to have. Uh, 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 a blister pack of 10 lighters for $2.50. Uh, so you could, for 10 bucks, you could buy 40 of those lighters, stash them away. Uh, it's gone up to 5 bucks now. But still for five, uh, for 10 bucks, you can still get 20 disposable lighters and, uh, and have them on hand so that you have a way to start fire in your home or to take with you. Uh, one of the guys, uh, uh, from Serbia. Uh, I was talking with him a while back, and he said that's uh, that's one of the things that people didn't uh, didn't really think about was how are they going to start a fire. And he said one of the uh, one of the most coveted uh, barter items was a uh, butane lighter, and uh, and then one of the uh, one of the uh, one of the jobs that people figured out how to do, uh, not very many, but a couple of people, I guess, figured out how to generate uh, combustible gases like methane um, and stuff like that, and then get them under pressure so that they could refill the lighters. That was a uh, uh, that was a trade in the craft that uh, that they could use to support themselves. All right, so. People don't realize how important having a fire starting device is. So make sure that uh, that's one of your first uh, things that you get is uh, some good cheap uh, butane lighters so that uh, you can start a fire either at your home or take some with you, right? Uh, And then uh, once you have... Once you have done your day, once you have figured out how to make it through your one day with your water, food, shelter, security, and energy, you can pat yourself on the back. You can pat yourself on the back. You can make a check beside that on your list. And then you can work on the next goal you set for yourself. It may be two days. It may be uh, three days. But whatever it is, make sure that you that you don't stop with uh, the one day. Make sure that you uh, you have set that goal, you have met or exceeded it, and then you replace that goal with your next goal, which is being able to provide for yourself and your family for multiple days, and you're going to keep doing this and keep setting 
uh, additional goals. Uh, you'll keep learning ways to do things. Uh, for the food, we didn't talk about it tonight. We'll talk about it uh, on its own episode because uh, I think it's a really important, and that's things like canning. Uh, canning is not some uh, great complicated mystery. Uh, you can very easily teach yourself to can, and you can put away food very inexpensively, uh, and it will be food that you know is uh, 100% safe and healthy because you're the one that uh, picked it out and put it together. We'll go over canning, uh, and we'll continue uh, we'll continue to pound this subject into the ground because every day there are new uh, there are new techniques, uh, new ideas that come up, and there's certainly plenty of online that you can that you can get this information from. Uh, you have uh, the Survival Podcast with Jack Spurko. Uh He is certainly a very talented and knowledgeable. Uh, uh, person and he has shows that he does uh, uh, almost every day of the week, and they are downloadable for free to your uh, your listening devices. We do about an hour, hour and a half every day, uh, covering everything from uh, uh, from how to start a fire to uh, how to how to run a trap line. Uh, to how to invest uh, your money safely and correctly, uh, you know, to to give you returns. So he's got a he's got a wide, uh, full range of stuff. There are tons of uh, online uh, avenues for teaching yourself. Uh, tens of thousands of YouTube broadcasts that will show you how to use a flint and steel, uh, how to tan a hide, all of this stuff. Uh, all the way to uh, uh, how to how to do canning. Everything you want is on YouTube. And there's certainly plenty of forums that you can go and ask questions on, and people are more than glad to help you. The self-reliance community uh, has always been very, very uh, giving as far as uh, wanting to be more than willing to, to share information with you uh, that can help you uh, feed, clothe, uh, uh, defend yourself and your loved ones and survive uh, in times of trouble. So spend a little bit of time. Instead, you know, you don't have to spend a lot. You can just say, all right, instead of watching this uh, one-hour uh, one show I was going to watch on TV tonight, I'm going to develop, I'm going to devote uh, those same uh, 58 minutes to uh, to doing some reading and doing some uh, YouTube video watching on certain uh, skills and techniques that I would like to to figure out uh, and uh, and expand your knowledge of it. I'm not a uh, I'm not any kind of a prophet or a seer or a medium. I can't. Uh, there's certainly no way that asking me what I thought was coming in the future would be any better than flipping a coin. The only thing I can tell you is that we're living in very dangerous times right now. We're living in very, very dangerous times within the borders of our own country and across the world. 
the the chances of something happening worldwide economically are very high. Uh, the chances of of something happening economically in our country, uh, some type of financial or economic collapse, are very high. Uh, and even if they weren't, like I said, you still got the uh, tornadoes, the snowstorms, and everything else. Do yourself a favor. Uh, start thinking about this. Uh, start figuring out some way that you're going to be able to feed yourself and your family for one day and then expand that. Figure out, figure out the ways to take care of yourself and your loved ones uh, because I believe it's it's criminal not to. The people that think that if something happened to me, because we've got uh, all these different types of uh, emergency services, we've got the government uh, that will come in and rescue us. Oh, listen, ask, ask the folks in New Orleans about that. Ask them how it worked out for them, if they were happy with the government services. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to tell you that uh, the government uh, services are are cruel or evil or that they would hurt you on purpose. I'm just telling you that that uh, not to depend on them. Uh it takes the government is like a big big old huge slow elephant. Takes it a while for it to get up and get up on all four feet, and then and then uh, stumble around and, and find the thing that it needs, and then start slowly ambling to wherever you are. Uh, you don't want to be in a precarious situation uh, for five to fourteen days while you're waiting, or, or even twenty-four hours while you're waiting for somebody to save you. Uh, take the initiative, take the responsibility to do it yourself. Make sure that you understand uh, how to take care of yourself, uh, at least in the short term now, and build it out uh, to the long term. All right, uh, before we go tonight, I want to remind folks that we have that uh, Battle Lord USA, that's uh, my company here, uh, if you're in the Texas area, or even if you're not, we've got, we have folks uh, flying into some of the courses, the upcoming courses from, uh, from all over, from California, from uh, Virginia, uh, New York. Uh, but we have upcoming courses. We've got uh, August 2nd. We have our uh, uh, pistol craft course. And uh, this is uh, this is an excellent course uh, for for anybody. I don't care what your uh, skill level is. Uh, going out to the range, uh, making uh, several hundred draws from concealed, and practicing uh, moving offline uh, while you bring your uh, sights up onto the target, so that you can apply three to four rounds per second onto your target, and then uh, very quickly scan and maintain situational awareness. Going through a full day of this is something that everybody needs. I don't care how often you shoot. I always make sure that I go through the course uh, whenever I'm, even when I'm uh, 
working there instructing. I try and go through as much of it as I can so that I am, uh, number one, that I'm making sure that I understand what the folks that are attending are having to do. Also so that I'm keeping my skills current. That's August 2nd. That's a one-day pistol craft course. I need about 500 rounds of ammunition. Uh, August 9th through the 13th, we're having our precision rifle sniper course. And uh, this is a five-day course. The absolute best value that you will ever get uh, right now because there's uh, five full days of instruction uh, for $500. Uh, the nearest thing that I've seen that I've taken uh, as far as precision rifle course was a three-day course for about uh, 1400 And there's no way that you're going to get uh, the the same benefits because uh, there's just no way. I mean, you've got the extra two days uh, of instruction. Uh, and uh, let me tell you now, too, that, uh, that this upcoming course will be the last time that you can get this specific course with the specific instructor, uh, which is uh, John Hawes. Uh, John Hawes is... Uh, is a uh, graduate of uh, five different sniper schools uh, and he is a veteran of Afghanistan. He's, uh, you're not going to be learning these skills and techniques from somebody who learned them at a uh, course somewhere and is just uh, passing that training on to you. Uh, he doesn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk. It's what he did for a living was... Uh, uh, a shooter for Uncle Sam, and uh, he's not one of the guys that are the. Uh, I can't talk to you about what I did. Be classified. Uh, he's more than uh, willing to speak to you about the stuff that he's done. It's all verifiable, uh, and to use uh, that experience in order to help you better understand uh, how to make the shot at distance. Uh, we'll be teaching you how to use your MilDOT scopes, how to determine range uh, estimation. Uh, we'll be doing stress shoots. You'll be uh, getting classes in wind, how to apply wind correction to your shots. <clears throat> and this is the 9th to the 13th of August, $500. You can go to our website, www.battleroadusa.com, and... Uh, for more information, and you can contact me through the website. On the 16th and 17th, which is the weekend following the Precision Rifle course, we'll be running a two-day uh, stalking and camouflage course. Now this, don't think that, uh, that if you're not law enforcement or military that this, that this is no good for you, because that's false. Even if you're not uh, planning on shooting anything ever, it, you might just end up in a situation where it's to your benefit to be able to move from one point to another uh, with the least chance of you being seen. And that's one of the things that, uh, that you're going to come away from this course with, and that is the, uh, the instruction in how to move through and across terrain and then into your shooting position and be able to remain there undetected 
uh, until the opportunity to take the shot presents itself. And uh, this is a this is a valuable skill. Uh, and like I said, not just for military or law enforcement. Uh, if you're a hunter, then uh, this is something you'd want to know how to how to how to actually correctly perform your stock when you are stalking uh, for that deer or that elk or hog or coyote, whatever. Uh, this is a very valuable course. Uh, and uh, this course is uh, 200, and, uh, and it's immediately following the precision rifle uh, sniper course that's upcoming. Uh, and it's not just, uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a little bit of a fun course uh, in and of itself because uh, from the description of the website, uh, it'll be an intensive hands-on course covering the aspects of camouflage, concealment, movement, under observation, and the construction of a firing position. Day one will begin with a detailed class on camouflage and movement techniques, immediately followed by concealment exercises involving no movement. Now, after the concealment exercises, the students will then move into completing a stalk against the lead instructor. This is where you're going to be trying to stalk up on John Hawes. And this will be you moving under observation, trying to get to your firing position where you can set up and actually uh, you'll, be, you'll be firing a blank. But firing, uh, it's a, uh, you'll be moving under, you know, stalking up to John, trying to get close enough to him to make the shot. And... Uh, and then you will be graded on your stalking abilities according to the United States Army's sniper school standards. On day two, you'll have three different stalks uh, against uh, John Hawes, the instructor, with the last two stalks being live fire stalks. That means each time you will, uh, you will make a stalk, and it will be conducted in a similar stalk that you made, but at the culmination of each stalk, You'll actually be firing at a steel target that will be uh, put up there, you know, in the location of where the instructor was, and you'll engage it with one live round uh, from your positions in order to in order to test your stalking skill. All right. After each of the stalks, we'll we'll conduct a uh, an after action on each of the stalks. We'll tell you how you did, where your strong points were, where your weak weak points were, any mistakes you made, stuff like that. So this is a great course. We'll also be teaching you how to build a, uh, like a, a ghillie suit, how to, to maintain your camouflage. Uh, and uh, I'm very excited about this course. It's going to be a great course. Now, on the 23rd, August 23rd, we'll have the fighting shotgun course here at our location. That's to teach you how to use your shotgun. Uh, everybody's got a shotgun. Everybody says if something happens, I'm going to use a shotgun to defend my home, myself. That's great. But do you really know how to do that? You know how to make a uh, uh, a round selection or a round change uh, out of your magazine? Do you know how to uh, get uh, three to four shots uh, uh, per second out of that shotgun? Uh, do you know where what your slug uh, zero is? <clears throat> And then on the September 25th and 26th, we'll have the first uh, of our Ghosts of Goliad Rifle Marksmanship and Texas History classes. I'm excited about this, too. We're doing a seven-month run. 
and we'll be teaching uh, the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship. This in the baby course, this in the basic course, this is the fundamentals. And at the same time, we'll be teaching you about the seven months for independence that uh, the Texans took uh, in order that the, in order to gain their independence from Mexico and to begin uh, the Republic of Texas. On October 11th, get ready. Here we come. It's the zombie destruction running done biathlon. That's four and a half mile uh, looping course with eight shooting stations for rifle and pistol and obstacles in between each station that the runners have to negotiate. All right, guys. That's going to finish it up uh, for this edition. Please remember that that once something happens, you're not going to be able to start your prep. It's going to be all over. So make sure that uh, you get started now and that you start working on it. God bless everybody. Thank you, Sam D, for, uh, for running the board. We'll see you guys
With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.